Oh, we're back. What it do, baby? Welcome back to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prime Brulee. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. I'm about that. Big trust. But first, a word from the sponsor. What up, you number one podcast listeners? This is your boy Premobot from the Play Call Network. You already know what time it is. A little hiatus for the holiday, but we're back as spicy as ever. Let's get this new edition of Prem Brulee going with the Affam or not, just like we have been doing the college football playoff rankings. Lots happened in the last couple weeks, but your update is number one, Ohio State, number two, LSU. That jump by Ohio State happened after their win against Penn State. Rounding out the top four is Clemson and Georgia. On the outside looking in, Uh, Number five, Utah. Number six, Oklahoma. And number seven, Baylor. Ohio State's Big Ten championship opponent, Wisconsin, comes in at number eight. While Florida and Penn State round out the top ten. It was a crazy past week in college football. Auburn took down Alabama. Um, Ohio State beat Michigan again. (laughs) You love to hear that. And Wisconsin won the Big Ten West over Minnesota in their rivalry game over Paul Bunyan's Axe. Of course, with Alabama's loss, it will be the first time they are out of the college football playoff in its short history. Enjoy this. Enjoy this moment. And have fun with it. Heady alert. Heady alert. Heady alert. The Crimson Tide fell to number 12 in the college football playoff rankings after their second loss of the season. Um, The number four spot in the playoffs, assuming everyone holds serve, is down to a couple teams. Uh, The current number four, Georgia. The winner of the Big 12 between Oklahoma and Baylor, who are number six and number seven, respectively. And... Number five in potential Pac-12 champion, Utah. Should be an interesting conference championship weekend. I won't make any picks because stay tuned alert for those later. About that. Big trust. But keep in mind, barring crazy loss or crazy happenings, LSU and Ohio State both can lose and still get in. Um, Clemson has a cakewalk into the playoffs. And if Georgia wins, they're in. They win an SEC title with one loss, despite it being against South Carolina, which I still don't get why the committee does does not think is substantial. A freaking awful South Carolina team, a loss at home, did not look impressive, but whatever. Congratulations, you played yourself. Georgia does control their own destiny. The rest of them need help. If Georgia loses, if LSU wins the SEC, it should be interesting. They all have... Arguments to make it with wins. Utah would have a hell of a resume only having one loss and winning a Pac-12 if they happen to beat Oregon. Um, The winner of Oklahoma and Baylor would have just one loss on their record. If Baylor were to upset Oklahoma, they'd be able to avenge their only loss of the season, which was to Oklahoma earlier. Um, Oklahoma's one loss would end up being just their Kansas State one. So it really is up in the air, but that fourth spot is... A four-team race, and two of those teams play each other. 
With that being said, I'm a yeah fam. It's hard to argue most of this. The only thing I bring up is that damn Georgia being number four this whole time, they have an awful loss. So the fact that that's not playing a factor is beyond me. Over to college basketball. The next topic is Kentucky and Duke both having lost heavily favored non-conference home games while ranked number one in the country. So Kentucky, a little while ago, lost to Evansville at Rupp Arena 67-64. UK had been 39-0 against unranked non-conference opponents at home while they've been ranked number one. So whenever Kentucky's been number one, they were 39-0 at home playing unranked non-conference opponent. To add insult to injury, Evansville got its first ever road win over an AP-ranked team. Hell of an impact going for number one. Then a little while later, pretty recently, Duke lost at Cameron Indoor to Stephen F. Austin 85-83 in overtime. It ended Duke's 150-game home winning streak against non-conference opponents. I mean, I guess, yeah, fam, to upsets. But do we really care? Besides getting to be petty. And yes, sound it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. And enjoy a low of these otherwise impeccable programs. I mean, it's October and November college basketball. Hell. Half these teams have barely played together even. We'll talk about big upsets once it hits the new year. Alright, over to the NFL. There's been a couple major topics recently, and I thought I'd give a little quick rapid fire. A rapid fire to my already rapid fire format. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? Um, to some NFL headlines. Yeah, fam or not? Panthers... New head coach means they'll have a new QB1 next year, too. So, the Panthers fired Ron Rivera after nine seasons with the team. Their quarterback, of course, Cam Newton's been out almost the entire season. Was out a good portion of last season. He's been banged up by injuries. Does their change mean a new era in Carolina? And I say, yeah, fam. I think this is an opportunity for Cam to start fresh with a new team and for the Panthers to start rebuilding around Christian McCaffrey under their new GM, David Tepper, um, who decided to make this Rivera firing before the season ended. I say, yeah, fam, to this. Cam Newton would be a tremendous asset to a team who's missing a quarterback, hint, hint, Chicago. A team that is known as the Bears. The Bears. Um, yeah, fam or not, of Ravens being new Super Bowl favorites, according to Vegas. I'm a yeah, fam. About that. Big trust. This team is fun to watch. They're difficult to stop. And they're not really doing gimmicky things. It's relying on the crazy athleticism of Lamar Jackson, and that's not going away. Um, other than that, there isn't anything that suggests that this would wear out. So I'm a yeah, fam. They absolutely deserve to. They've beat... Other top contending teams, they just beat the 49ers, and they previously beat the New England Patriots. So I'm a yeah fam absolutely to this. And lastly, the aforementioned Patriots. Yeah fam or not, are the Patriots being in genuine trouble on offense? The Patriots have struggled the last few games, to put it lightly, um, even resulting in Tom Brady being frustrated. People talking sports have been wondering if they're 
dynasty is over. I mean, I'm a nod of this. As much as I'd love for it to be over, I mean, what the fuck are we talking about here? They're still top of the AFC East. They're still 10-2. and two, And this is what we're talking about, really? It's like way bigger fish to fry. The Patriots are still finding ways to win games, and they've never needed crazy offense in order to win Super Bowls. Last I checked, they have f- fucking plenty of them. Anyway, let's move on to like you know, like you hate it. First up, likey to Carmelo Anthony putting up numbers on the Blazers. Uh, Melo was named Western Conference Player of the Week. He has averaged 17.7 points a game since joining the Blazers on November 19th. So, if you're still hating on Melo at this point, I have nothing for you. Next up on Likey, the Dallas Cowboys lost again to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving 26-15. With another disappointing performance, including only handing the ball to Ezekiel Elliott four times after the first quarter. Congratulations, you played yourself. You may be wondering why this is on Likey. Well, because I'm so past the point of pain and anger, it's honestly laughable. And maybe with all this laughable pain, we will be freed of Jason always clapping Garrett. However, brings me to my note like the Eagles decided to play themselves and lose to the Dolphins, let the Cowboys remain in first in the NFC East. Fans of the 49ers and Seahawks must be absolutely sick because their teams are sitting at 10-2 and and... They're going to have to watch as one sorry NFC East team gets a home playoff game instead of one of them. My hate it for this week. Listen, I swear I don't care. <laughs> but Congratulations, you played yourself. What are the Cowboys doing holding on to Jason Garrett still? Um, why is Leighton Vander Esch just another Sean Lee? Why did the Cowboys let historically great kicker Dan Bailey go so they could have a field goal kicker in Brett Maher? who can convert 60 yarders but can't make chip shots and can't make any field goals at home. <laughs> but listen, I swear I don't care. Just, you know, just a few thoughts. I don't know. From that piece of shit team that's taking years off my life. But that's, you know. Listen, I'm good. I'm fucking good. I'm good. I said I'm good. Alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Congratulations. You played yourself. (laughs) Last but not least, my hate it, goes to Dabo Sweeney, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Dabo, you know, he's been on a topic of conversation on this podcast before because this man plays the poor little old Clemson card. Just ridiculous amount. Like, he's still playing it after being a national champion multiple times. He's heading to his fifth straight conference championship. Like, what the fuck are we talking about, Dabo? Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? Dabo went on this rant after his Tigers beat whopping in-state rival South Carolina, saying that the college football playoff committee doesn't want the Tigers in the playoffs. So Dabo, after Clemson's 38-3 win... Wow, I can't believe you guys let South Carolina score three points. Heavy alert, heavy alert, heavy alert. He said the following, quote, Obviously, if we lose this game, they're going to kick us out. They don't want us there anyway. We dropped to 20. Georgia loses 
to this very same team, and it's how do we keep Georgia in? We win against a team that beat Georgia, and it's how do we get Clemson out? It's a dadgummest thing, end quote. Then he later said, quote, again, our league doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> Maybe we need some of them ACC guys on some of them big network shows they have, end quote. Dabo. What the fuck's your problem? Nobody, nobody's trying to kick you out of the fucking playoffs. Like, do we really have to go through this? Like, is this really something you need to do to create an edge? I'm failing to realize what the fucking point here. There's no way on this planet they're keeping Clemson out as an undefeated ACC champion, defending champion, team who's performed in all games except North Carolina. There's no way they're keeping you out. They're not trying to find ways out. And yes, if you did lose, you would be fucking out. And no, your fucking conference blows fucking chunks. The fact that probably a lot of people don't even know who you're playing in the conference championship should be indication enough. For the record, they're playing Virginia. In case you number one podcast listeners didn't care to fucking look. Because why would you? (laughs) What the fuck does he exactly want? You got lucky. You survived the North Carolina game because of that god-awful two-point conversion try that they called. Now you're going to win your conference. You're going to be undefeated. You're going to get in. What the fuck do we need to talk about this for? Why do we have to play this poor little old Clemson card? You lost that. You won too much. Nobody fucking feels bad for you. There's not one fucking person. We've got to go 30-0. We ain't got no choice because we don't play nobody. You're damn right. I know you're being sarcastic, Dabo, but you sure fucking don't play anybody. The college football playoff committee threw you a fucking bone and put Virginia, who you're playing in the ACC championship, finally in the top 25 at 23. Just below, for the record, a four-loss USC team. There's not a damn other ACC team on there. you got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah, but they're trying to keep you out. Poor little old us. you got to be the most annoying coach. Like, as miserable as Nick Saban is in that Bill Belichick school of misery, Dabo's equally fucking part whiner and part feel sorry for us what what about this scenario should we feel sorry for you have a cupcake schedule a cupcake conference and you went by undefeated what the fuck do you want a fucking cookie dabbo what are we supposed to what credit are we supposed to give you what win you hanging your hat on here give me a fucking break joker you know what time it is That's right. It's your boy's favorite segment. It's your number one podcast listener's favorite segment. You played yourself. And first up on You Played Yourself, the Golden Snake Warriors have the worst record in the NBA and are on pace for a whopping 15 wins. (laughs) You hate to see it. (laughs) Of these next few, forgive me. Actually, I don't really need your forgiveness, but I mean, I'll take it if you're going to give it. But it's going to be college football related and specifically Big Ten in Ohio State. Sorry, it's it's on my mind, so deal with it. So, first up on You Played Yourself, Ryan Day wins the media's Big Ten Coach of the Year. 
So why would this be on you? Played yourself because it's real happy, you know. I'm a big Buckeye fan. It's a great thing. Well, this is Ohio State's first Coach of the Year award in 40 years. 40, four zero. Yes, the first one in 40 years goes to Ryan Day. Um, Ryan Day is following the Urban Meyer tenure, um, which essentially followed the Jim Trestle tenure. Um, Neither Urban Meyer nor Jim Trestle won after undefeated seasons, national championships, conference championships, all of it. Neither one of them won. Oh, and uh, notice how I said the media has voted Ryan Day Coach of the Year. Um, The coaches, by the way, voted a two-loss, non-division winning Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck as their coach of the year. Congratulations. You played yourself. I mean, could you even imagine? Urban Meyer, in his first season as Ohio State's head coach, inherited a 6-7 and football team, and that team went 12-0. and Jim Tressel won a national title, appeared in another couple. He didn't win a coach of the year. This has got to be the biggest joke of an award because what the fuck are we awarding here like don't don't call it coach of the year if it's only going to go to a surprise team of the year that should be coach of a surprise team of the year that's essentially what it is is it not you played yourself that same vein let me um tell you what espn's football power index before the season said about the odds to win the big 10 Michigan was at 48.3%. Penn State had a 10.5% chance to win the Big Ten. Then it was Michigan State coming in at 8.7%. Then you have Ohio State at 8.2%. Minnesota at 8%. Iowa at 7.9%. Nebraska at 5.9%. And then finally, Wisconsin at 1.5%. Combined. Combined, the two teams competing for the Big Ten Championship didn't even reach a 10% chance of winning the Big Ten, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. I don't think I need to elaborate further. You played yourself. And last but not least, you know, I got a, I got a bone to pick here with um, lame rivalry week fans so i saw a lot of things from ohio state and michigan fans alike um criticizing what columbus ohio does during their rivalry week with that team up north for those of you that don't know that's one of the great indications that it is a rivalry we as ohio state fans refer to michigan the wolverines as the team up north during rival rivalry week and you'll even hear the football team refer to them as that team up north all year long. So, another thing Columbus does is crosses out all the M's during rivalry week across campus and Columbus. So, if, for example, if there is a building, let's, let's call it Michael's Laboratory. That M in Michaels is going to be crossed out with red tape. So if you think that what happens during rivalry week 
you know, crossing out the M's, referring to him as a team up north. If you think that's too much, step your fucking rivalry game up. You're either about it or you're not. But if you're not, don't try to tell us that those of us that are about it are crazy. I think, see, you know, I think you're fucking crazy for calling yourself a fan. I think that's fucking crazy. Because how are you going to call yourself a fan and I call myself a fan? We're not on the same fucking level. Don't you try to tell me you are. Otherwise, we need different names for types of fans. Because y'all lame folk are not on the same level as me and the others that are for it. And I don't want to be grouped with your lame asses and be considered the same in any scenario. A special shout out goes to you Ohio State fans who think it's a little too much. If you're an alum... Like, we don't need you. Turn in your degree. Like, stay the fuck out. I don't I don't want fans to be half-ass. That's not how I do things. That's not how you should do things. And do you think maybe, this goes, this is more for you Team Up North fans, you fucking Wolverine fans, you apologists, whatever the fuck you are at this point. Do you think maybe... The team and set of fans that take the rivalry more serious has a little, at least a little to do with them dominating that said rivalry. Do you think maybe they go at least a little hand in hand? Maybe even, you know, lock pinkies, pinky promise, whatever you think it is. Do you think maybe because we take that shit more serious, you think it has something to do with fucking winning? You want to downplay everything? Fine, go for it. Be less passionate. I can't relate to it. But people must love being around you, right? Too cool for everything, huh? Your girlfriends, your boyfriends, they must love that, you know, your half-assed passion, right? Probably works out for you great. Don't worry about it. No, no, they they don't talk about you after you leave the room. It's fine. Don't you fucking worry about it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. <laughs> Step your fucking shit up. And if you're not going to, don't try to act all high and mighty. Because newsflash, you fucking aren't. Anyway, let's move on to who you got and what you're feeling. And let me recap the last episode of Picks. Kept it pretty simple. I picked, at the time, number eight Penn State visiting number two Ohio State. Um, Ohio State were 17.5 point favorites. The winner decided the Big Ten East. I nervously picked the Buckeyes, and the Buckeyes sure made it interesting. They had an opportunity to blow this game wide open and kind of let Penn State hang around. They still didn't end up winning by 11, so I was a happy camper. Um, And then the Buckeyes, of course, went on to beat Michigan, and they are Indianapolis-bound to face Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. At the time of the episode, there was a huge matchup on Sunday Night Football. Uh, The Packers were traveling to face the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I picked the Niners, and I was correct big time. The Niners' defense dominated Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Niners, unfortunately, had to follow that up by playing the Ravens and did lose a close one. But two for two, I'll take it. Let's move on to this week. And before I get to those conference championship picks I promised earlier, Um, There is a big NFL game that I felt was worthy of a pick, 
and that is the aforementioned 49ers traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints. Um, both teams are 10-2. and two. The Saints have already clinched their division and currently are in line for at least a bye week. I believe right now they are slated at the, as the number one seed. The Niners, like I said, were coming off a loss to Baltimore. They just unfortunately dropped to the number five seed. Um, in this game, I think I'm going to go with the Niners and their defense rebounding from a close loss to Lamar Jackson. That is Lamar Jackson, Big Truss. About that. Big Truss. And the Ravens. The Saints are favored by two and a half points. Um, so it's essentially a toss-up. I am going to go with the Niners. I could see it going either way, but um, the Saints seem to be – they're coming off kind of a rough offensive game, and it doesn't help that they're pay, playing one of the best defenses in the league. All right. Let's move on to conference championship week. And I wanted to make my picks for the Power 5 Conference Championships that are coming up this weekend. Um, First up is the SEC Championship, which features number 2 LSU versus number 4 Georgia. Um, This takes place in Atlanta. LSU is currently 7.5 point favorites. Uh, Like I said earlier, Georgia needs a win to be in the college football playoff. Um, LSU is likely in no matter what happens. I am going to go with LSU here. There's a reason they've dominated all year. I think Joe Burrow shows out, wins it, wins the SEC title, and puts LSU locked into a college football playoff spot. The Big Ten Championship features number one Ohio State and number eight Wisconsin in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Colts play. Uh, Ohio State is favored pretty large. It is a rematch of an October 26 meeting where OSU won at home, 38 to seven. Um, you already know the drill, reluctantly picking Ohio State. It's tough to beat a team twice, but I hope the Bucks and their talent get it done. Um, Justin Fields had a close call with a knee injury. He will be wearing a big brace on his left knee during this game, so we'll see how that impacts. You should see a healthy dose of J.K. Dobbins. And the goal on defense for Ohio State will be to shut down Jonathan Taylor. Over to the Big 12 Championship, number 6 Oklahoma versus number 7 Baylor. It is in Arlington, Texas. Oklahoma is favored by eight points, and they did win the regular season meeting 34 to 31 after being down 28 to three against Baylor. Um, you know what? For this one, I'm going with the upset in Baylor. They should have won meeting one, so I think they get revenge here, and I think they will have a case to be into that fourth and final playoff spot. Being able to say that they beat all the teams in their on their schedule, um, in this scenario, if they upset Oklahoma, they avenge their one loss of the season. So I'd have trouble keeping them out of the playoff. Then we have the Pac-12 championship. It is number five Utah versus number thirteen Oregon from Santa Clara, California, where the Niners play. Um, Utah is favored by six points, and I'm actually going with another upset here. And what it do, baby? Oregon. Um, Oregon's flying under the radar since they're lost to Arizona State, and rightfully so. Um, But I think they play spoiler here. Um, The Pac-12 doesn't like to have nice things, so um, I'm going to go with Oregon here and Oregon fighting for a berth in the Rose Bowl. Um, I know I've covered four out of five Power 5 conferences. I'm not even going to bother with the ACC. Um, 
like I said, I'm just lucky I remember who Clemson's playing this weekend. Reminder again, it's University of Virginia, just in case you already forgot. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. They might as well not show up. Um, I'm not even going to bother with the sorry-ass ACC. I mean, for crying out loud, Clemson's favored by 29 points in a conference championship, so we all know how that's going. And with that, of course, my picks kind of implies a college football playoff final top four. Um, and for that top four, in the scenario of picks, I'm going with Ohio State at one, LSU at two, Clemson at three, and surprise pick, Baylor at number four. Um, for the record, this is what I think the committee will rank. I could see them finding justification to have LSU jump Ohio State again. They've done it before. We'll see how that goes. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't think there'd be anything that would potentially warrant it unless they totally blew out Georgia. But look out for that swap in seeds, and it does matter because I know I can probably speak for Ohio State and LSU fans. They probably don't want to face the Clemson team in the semifinal if they can avoid it. Um, like I said before, I think Baylor would have a case even if Utah won. Um, and that is because they'd be able to say they beat everyone on their schedule and they would be avenging their only loss this season. Um, I think everybody kind of knows this. If Georgia wins, they're in. Um, in that scenario, if Georgia were to win and everything else held, I think it would likely be the the rankings would shake up to number one, Ohio State, number two, Clemson, number three, Georgia, and then number four, LSU. Um, the other thing worth noting, because I'm here for the people, the college football um, playoff semifinals, the two sites for them are the Fiesta and Peach Bowl. So they're not officially called that, of course, but they'd be in Glendale, Arizona, and Atlanta, Georgia, respectively. They both are on Saturday, December 28th. Um, so we all know how this goes. The top seed gets advantage of location. So I'd imagine whoever it is, if if the two teams hold serve, Ohio State and LSU, they'd both be favoring just having to go to Atlanta instead of all the way out to Glendale, although both sets of fans would likely travel. Um, and then the college football playoff national championship is in New Orleans on Monday, January 13th, 2020. So... Just a couple of things to keep in mind, because I'm here for the people. As for what I'm feeling, how could you not be feeling Thanksgiving, and in my case, Friendsgiving? You know, the older I get, the more I enjoy Thanksgiving over receiving gifts in whatever holiday you celebrate in the winter. But combine that family time with being able to have Friendsgiving, there's nothing not to love. I'm very thankful to have a great family of friends. I hope you number one podcast listeners have the same scenario. Um... And you already know the drill. Make sure you tell people how you feel about them because they don't get to hear it too often. And think about it from your situation. If someone told you they were thankful for you, you'd love hearing that shit. Outside of the sentimental, I'm definitely feeling the movie The Irishman. It's Martin Scorsese's latest movie featuring Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Robert De Niro. It is available on Netflix. Keep in mind it is a very long movie, so make sure you're not sleepy. But it is fantastic, and it's getting Oscar buzz, so um, definitely check that out if you haven't already. And then you know I like to end each episode with my too much sense, the advice you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give you anyway. And this episode's 
advice has to do with situations that kind of piss you off, you know, tee you off, provide a excess emotional reaction. For some people, that's a tendency to yell. Other people, it's to cry. You know, any situation like that. My advice is to do your best to react calmly. Definitely easier said than done. But you may not regret acting quickly, but you sure as hell might. You'll never regret calmly reacting and letting yourself sit on it for a second. That I can tell you from experience. Sometimes it's better to not match fire with fire as much as we tend to do so. There's a lot of advantages to reacting calmly. You can usually produce a better result. It's a less combative interaction. And if it's in a serious scenario, way more likely to get the understanding and sympathy from from the audience from being calm versus being hysterical. So take it from me. Know from experience. I'm working on it myself. Situation that pisses you off. Do your best to take a second. Sit on it. React calmly. And come back to it. And with that, wraps up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. You know how we do. I appreciate you number one podcast listeners. I'm thankful for you. Please continue to share, subscribe, review, pass this podcast on to someone you love. I would greatly appreciate it. And then also, do yourself a favor and check out the other Play Call Network podcasts they all work really hard and do a phenomenal job i got a plug especially most recently a few guest spots on a few of them uh hit sing all which is akshat singhal's podcast and alternate jersey by grant evan features a little cameo from your boy so check them out and we'll talk to you next time